Amen. Amen. Thank you, team, for leading us in worship, and good morning. Uh, my name is Andy Nelms, and I have uh, the privilege of being uh, associate pastor here at Lover's Lane, the pastor here at Thrive, and I am so excited to get to worship with you this morning, whether you are in person this morning or whether you're online, uh, whether it's your first time here, um, we are excited to get to worship with you. Maybe uh, it's your first time in a long time. Uh, or maybe you're a longtime member, whatever the case, we are so excited that we get to worship with you this morning. Um, we are in a sermon series uh, called um, God's Story, and it's all about finding yourself in the story of God. What we learned about Jesus uh, is that when he was asked a difficult question, when it came time for him to give a teaching, instead of just saying outright, um, you know, what it was that uh, you needed to do or believe or act or however, Jesus would tell a story. And, and, and we call them parables, and, and Jesus would tell these stories or parables, and he invites the listeners, um, both the original listeners in the ancient Near East and us as well, he invites the listeners to place themselves within that story, to find themselves there, and, and realize that we are all, regardless of what we believe, we are all in the story of God. Uh, I, I was reminded about this this week, actually. Um, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I really enjoy uh, my, my job here. I've, I've almost been here a year. Uh, it'll be a year July 1, and, and I really enjoy it. And, and just like any other uh, job, there are times that, you know, kind of working with people, you maybe you get a little bit frustrated. My goodness, everything's okay. All right. Um, all right, stuff's still there. Okay, um, that'll go in the blooper reel we'll show later. But um, no, I was reminded this this week, I was, uh, love my job, but every once in a while, you know, kind of working with people, you get a little frustrated. So I was with my, uh, my spouse, Melissa. She, she's not here this morning. She'll be at Walnut Hill Church, the, another campus that I lead. But, um, you know, I was talking to my wife and I was just a little frustrated. You know, somebody hadn't done something I thought they should do. And, you know, and I was like, oh, can you, know, you know, this, can you believe this, you know? And, and, um, and, I, was, and I was there and, and, and I'm very fortunate that I have, have married up. My, my wife is, is much smarter than I am and and, and as I was there kind of complaining, that, um, Melissa looked at me and she said, would you have listened to you? Would you have listened to you? In other words, in this moment, are you being humble? You know, there are times that... that our pride can get away with us, and that's what we learned about this morning, that without a balance to our pride, we will destroy ourselves. Without a balance to our pride, we will destroy ourselves. And this is true regardless of what we believe. This is, this is true regardless of what, maybe you believe in Jesus, or, or maybe you're just kind of checking things out. You're not sure what you believe, whatever the case, we are so glad that you are here. But whatever we believe, the, the case is still the same. Um, without a balance to our pride, we will destroy ourselves. This is what we see so many times in stories of people who have a, you know, like kind of a, a public fall from grace. 
right? There are, there are athletes, you know, who, who get carried away with like this consuming battle to win, right? This consuming battle to win and, and their pride takes hold and, and they think that, you know, they, they can't be defeated. They're like the worst thing that could happen is that they would lose something. And so we see these athletes who, who, who take performance enhancing drugs, who, who get away with all these other things, maybe these like moral indiscretions, all of these things. Why? Because without a balance to our pride, we will destroy ourselves. We, we see stories of, of CEOs, of executives who, who abuse their power, who maybe even steal money. Some of these executives are, are, are making so much more money than anyone else could ever fathom. But, but this kind of this greed, this belief that they deserve all of this kind of consumes them and, and, and it kind of takes over. Why? Because without a balance to our pride, we will destroy ourselves. We see this sometimes in fall from grace of, of physicians, doctors who have a trusted position and and sometimes they abuse that to take advantage of other people why because without a balance to our pride we will destroy ourselves unfortunately this is also true for pastors for clergy we see these 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 awful stories these awful falls from grace as these pastors have, have maybe stolen money have, have committed moral indiscretions that they've done these things why because without a balance to our pride we will destroy ourselves but there's good news this morning. And the good news is this, is that humility is the perfect antidote to pride. Humility is the perfect antidote to pride. Again, this is true regardless of what you believe. Right? Whether you believe in Jesus or not, the case is still the same. That humility is the perfect antidote to pride. And the good news is for people of faith is that this humility is baked into our faith life. This humility is, is, is there at the core of it. And, and we learn about that from one of the parables, one of the stories that Jesus tells. Jesus tells the story in the Gospel of Luke chapter 18. This is a story kind of unlike many other stories that Jesus tells. Um, sometimes Jesus is asked a difficult question and he, and he answers with a story. And sometimes he will begin the story with, you know, kind of the kingdom of God is like. Or, or the kingdom of heaven is like. And he's kind of explaining what God wants done. This story is not like that. Jesus simply kind of just starts telling this story in, in response to the Pharisees. Now, look at this. We, we see this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verse 9. If you have your Bible with you or if you're at home and, and your Bible's around, I encourage you to use it this morning. It, uh, the Bible is one of the ways we engage with the will of God, and I encourage you to do that whether it's on your phone or however. This morning we're in the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 18, verse 9. And we read this, that Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. He says this, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. And I give a tenth of all my income. 
right? Jesus sees these people standing around, these people who have kind of like this self-importance, this, this pride that is now destroying themselves. Jesus sees these people and he tells them the story. There are two people who go to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, this is a good religious leader, somebody who's in charge of kind of making sure that the, the, the law of God is obeyed. This is, this, this is kind of a right religious person. Jesus says this Pharisee and a tax collector, Tax collectors were hated in the time of Jesus. They would buy the contract from Rome, how much money was to be collected and given back to Rome from the people. The tax collectors would buy this contract and then they would collect as much more as they wanted so that they could pad their own pockets. These were people who cheated Israel out of their own money. Their brothers and sisters, they cheated them. Tax collectors were hated in the time of Jesus. So Jesus says, look, there are these two people, a religious person and a hated person. They both go up to the temple to pray. And the Pharisee starts to pray this prayer of self-importance. Now, we read this prayer, and, and, you know, and we think to ourselves, well, I've never prayed that prayer, right? Like, okay, I've, never, I've never done that, and, and that may be the case. But there have been times in our lives that we have compared ourselves to the worst so that we can feel like the best. Right, we've been watching the news and, and we've seen somebody who, who, who's been arrested for some heinous act and, and somehow watching this happen makes us feel better. Well, well, at least I'm not like that. At least I'm not that bad. We, we justify our own moral actions by, by saying to ourselves, you know, at least I'm not a thief. I'm not a robber. I've never killed anybody. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. That's not the, the goal of the Christian life. The goal of the Christian life isn't to be better than anyone else. The goal is to be the best version of ourselves. Leave that up here for just a second, Jackie. I, I hope that will remember. The goal of the Christian life isn't to be better than anyone else. The goal is to be the best version of ourselves. God has created you. And when God created you, God has this, this plan for you. But God isn't going to just force that on you and just make you do it. God loves us so much that God gave us free will to, to do that or not, to love him or not. Because love by force is no love at all. So, so God made us. Not so that we would be better than other people. But so that we would be the best version of ourselves. God made us. God made us so that we could be the person that God made us to be in the first place. So this Pharisee stands here and he, and he prays this prayer. And he says, thank you God that I'm not like these other people. And then he kind of goes on with this list and he says, I fast twice a week. I, I give a tenth of all my income. The Pharisee like highlights the best versions of himself. I, I imagine like this is the Pharisee's like Facebook version of a prayer, right? Like, like on social media, we, we like project like the best possible version of ourself. And even like the honest versions of ourself are like the best honest version of ourself, right? Like, like, like we get, you know, like maybe we put on makeup or, or you know, we like, we, we, you know, make ourselves look presentable and then we take a picture and it says just woke up. You know, like, like we, we, we do these things, we do these things where we like, we like feign humility on social media online, right? We, 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 and if the thing is, if we spend too much time there, if, if we invest too much, 
we will start to believe our own lies. Right? If, if we invest too much in this false self that we present to other people that we hope other people will believe, we will start to believe it ourselves. And we will start to, to pray similar prayers thinking that we can somehow outsmart God. And this is what pride does to us. Uh, Pastor Andy Stanley at North Point Church says this, that pride conceals and humility reveals. I think this is probably one of the most important things that we could know this morning, that pride conceals, humility reveals. If we've ever had a temptation to cover something up, Right? If we've ever been at work and, and we've been you know, talking about a project we've been working on and, and then there's this like, fear that develops within us that like, oh, we've got to hide this thing. That's, that's not humility. That's pride. If we've been talking with our, with our spouse or our significant other, our partner, and we've been talking with them, we've been talking about our day and there's this thing that we want to keep away from them, this, this thing that we don't want to tell them about our day, this, maybe this conversation we had with somebody else or, or, or whatever it is, that thing that we're trying to hide, that's not humility. That's pride. How do we know? Because pride Pride conceals, but humility refuses. <laughs> Another pastor says, sin grows fast in the dark. That left to our own devices, if we continue that prideful action of concealing our, our worst possible behavior, if we continue that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to grow. So the Pharisee prays this prayer of self-importance, prays this prayer of, of at least I'm not like these worst possible people, making himself feel better about his own actions, and then goes on to, to, to you know, talk about the great things that he does, this kind of social media version of a prayer, and, and why? Because he's talked about it so much that he starts to believe it himself. Jesus continues this story by saying in Luke 18, verse 13, he says, but the tax collector... The hated person of Israel, the tax collector in the temple, standing far off, isn't, isn't even around anyone else so that nobody might hear his prayer. The tax collector standing far off would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That was the tax collector's entire prayer, right? Notice the Pharisee's prayer was, was a much longer, maybe even some might consider robust prayer. So many times we think that prayer has to be like 30 minutes of a kind of a one-way conversation that I'm just talking at God for 30 minutes. And, and what we find in Scripture is that is not the case, that, that the one that Jesus honors is not the one that has more to say, but the, the one who sees himself in right relationship with God. The tax collector prays this prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Why? Because the tax collector, more than the Pharisee, understood very clearly who God was. 
If God is, is perfect love, if God is God, then we will not pray these prayers of self-importance to God because there's no way that we could boast about our own accomplishments next to God if we saw God clearly. Right? Like, like if we, like God, the creator of the universe, the fact that the, the Pharisee is praying this prayer next to the, like all of these accomplishments, you know, God, I, I, I give a tenth of all my income, and God's like, I created the universe. What are you bragging about? Right? The tax collector knew more than the Pharisee who God was and prayed this very simple prayer, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. When I was in ministry uh, back in Oklahoma, I had um, the opportunity. I, I was um, managing a, a few people on staff at a church, and um, was, this was new to me. And, and luckily, there was a friend of mine uh, at the time who was a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. And uh, his name was Lieutenant Colonel Bartoli. And, and uh, he, he came up to me and he said, Andy, you know, I've, I've actually um, you know, been doing this quite a while. I've been, I've been managing people for quite a while. I'd love, you know, if you want, you can come to the base and shadow me. You can come to the base and, and shadow me. And, 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 you know, we can kind of talk about managing, management and, and do all these things together. And you can come if you'd like. I said, that'd be great. Be great. I've never done this before. This sounds like a really cool opportunity. And so uh, he also, when he asked if I wanted to come, he didn't tell me that he got to work at six in the morning. Um, so, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up at the, you know, the break of dawn and, and we drive into the base together. And, 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 and it was an incredible experience. If you don't know, Lieutenant Colonel is an incredibly high honor, high ranking um, in, in the Air Force. Um, and, and they had this, these, these procedures that take place. That he, he was the highest ranking officer in his wing of this building. Which meant that um, when he would walk into a room with other people there, if he would walk into a room, everyone else would stand at attention. Be because... Because Lieutenant Colonel Bartoli, his job is managing the vision of this wing. And, and, and if he's going to tell you something, he, he, he needs to do that most efficiently so that when he walks in the room, everyone else stands at attention. It, it, was, it was the most like, like cognitively dissonant situation of my life, standing next to Lieutenant Colonel Bartoli. Right? I would follow him down the hallway. He would walk into a room before me, and everyone would stand at attention. He would walk in, and then I would just kind of like walk in behind him, you know? Like, now that was a strange situation. What would have been stranger is for me to pretend like I was the lieutenant colonel. Right? What would have been stranger if me walking in behind Lieutenant Colonel Bartoli would interrupt him and say, I know you're trying to do something, but let me go ahead and tell them what to do. I, I know you have a vision for what's happening here, but maybe I know a little bit better. Let me, let me explain to them what we're trying to do here. No, that would be, that would be insane. But so many times... We pray these prayers. God, I, I really need this job. God, I, you know, I, I really need this. This would be more income for me. It would be a better house, be a better, better position. I'd get, I'd get you know, more accolades. God, I really need this job. Or, or God, I, I really need to be... Here, I really need to be doing this. This is what we really need to do, God. This is, this is where we need to be, God. Please get me there. 
when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he didn't say, begin with the laundry list of things that you would like. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, when you pray, pray that God's kingdom would come to this earth. What does that mean, God's kingdom? God's kingdom, God's God's vision is where what God wants done is done. And Jesus showed what that was like. Jesus said, look, this is, the kingdom is here. Let me show you what it's like. There are hungry people, they're fed. There are sick people, they're made well. There are lost people, they're found. That's what the kingdom is like. Jesus said it it actually isn't that complicated. But so many times we can get into this mindset like like God is somehow responsible to us. God, give me these things. God, I want this now. When in reality, maybe the most honest prayer that we can pray is, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said this at the end, the very tail end of this passage. He says, I tell you, this man, the, the, the tax collector, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus said this man was justified. The tax collector was justified. What does that mean? That when we are justified, we are, we are put in right relationship with God. As Christians, we, we are justified through Christ. We, Christ has, has died for our sins, and when we acknowledge that, when we receive Christ's sacrifice for us and, and agree to live in harmony with that sacrifice, that is, that is justification. That's what it means to be justified. And sometimes, as Christians, we can make justification very simple. Oh, you know, pray the sinner's prayer, and, and, and you're in. You know, you're justified. In, in the time, in the ancient Near East, in this time, it was not so simple. To be justified, to be put in right relationship with God included sacrifice, included prayers, it included priests, it included other people, it included all of these things to take part. What Jesus is saying is completely controversial. Jesus is saying without the sacrifice, without all the stuff to do, without all the rites and the rituals, the tax collector who prayed a one-sentence prayer, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He was justified. He was put in right relationship with God. Why? Because he understood clearly who God was. Jesus says, listen, all who exalt themselves will be humbled. Everybody who wants to pretend that they are self-important next to the creator of the universe, those people, one moment or another, will be humbled. But all of those who place themselves in right relationship with God, all of those who humble themselves will be exalted. So as we, we think about this what, is this, what does this look like? Like Jesus encouraged us to practice humility. What, what does this look like? How can, we, how can we do this? Maybe even this week. Here, here's just a couple of things I want you to consider. Uh, again, regardless of what you believe, I, I think this could be good for all of us. The first thing is this, to do something you're not good at. Maybe it's something you practice. Maybe it's something you just do during the day or whatever it is. Do something you're not good at. Um, for me, it's playing guitar. Um, and, and you've said, Andy, we've never heard you play guitar because I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, I have a guitar in my living room. And, and I, I practice. 
And, and I know that I'm not good, mainly because when I strum the guitar, the strings vibrate against the frets because I'm not pushing hard enough, and it makes this awful noise. Um, and, 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 but, but I practice, and I can see myself getting a little better each and every day, but then I listen to somebody else play it, and you know, I listen to, to, to Ray for Modicu or Joaquin play guitar, and I, and I just go, oh my gosh, they're so much better than me. It's good for our humility. It's good for our pride when we do something we're not good at. I would encourage you to do that this week. And don't pretend like you're better, right? Don't, don't pretend that, that you're, you're actually really good at it. Or, or you know, you, you say, you know, I'm just naturally gifted at this thing. You know, given the amount of practice I have, I'm just really good. No, you're not. You're really not. Do something you're not good at this week so that we can practice humility, so that we can have that antidote to pride. The second thing I would encourage you to do is this, and, and this, only if you're really brave, right? First one, super easy. Second one, maybe a little bit more difficult. Do this. Ask friends and family for their perception of yourself and believe them. Oh, man, this is hard, right? Uh, I have the honor and privilege uh, of doing premarital counseling um, with, uh, with several couples actually right now, and, and I have, I, I, I love it. It's one of the, my favorite things in ministry, and what I tell them is, um, you know, how to, really how to fight fair, right? When you're having a really intense conversation, how to do that well, and, and what I tell them is, um, when you're having those really, you know, important conversations, begin your sentence, begin your statement with, I feel, right? I feel like you know, when you said this, it actually meant this. Or, or I feel like you really didn't care for me whenever you did this. Why do you do that? Because that is true. That statement, I feel like, is actually true. Whether it actually happened or not, right? Whether, like, you know, like objective reality states that, the, the truth is you felt that way. And so when you ask your friends and your family, you would say, how does that perceive? How do you see that? And if you have really good friends or family, if you have a really good connection with them, they will tell you what they really perceive to be the case. And when they tell you that, just receive it. Believe them. Maybe you make adjustments, maybe you don't, but, but at least you've asked for input and you've believed their input. It's one of the most important things we can do in our lives. Why? Because... Because left to our own devices, our pride will consume us. But thanks be to God that humility is the perfect antidote to pride. Let us pray. God, there are many times that, that we honestly lie to others whether online, whether in person, whether at work, maybe even to our children and to our spouse. God, there are many times that we lie about ourselves and, and we try to pretend like, like we are better than we actually are. God, I pray that, that today is the day that we would begin to understand the truth, that we would begin to understand that you are God, the creator of the universe, that you are unparalleled, And God, I pray that at some point we would come to a stage in our life where we can pray the most honest prayer in our lives. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
pray this by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the name of Jesus Christ, who came and lived and taught us even how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.